I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The, the, the winds of change are blowing through Raider Nation. And Silver and Black Today keeps you up to date with the latest news and views about your Las Vegas Raiders. Touchdown, Las Vegas! With insight, opinions, and interviews. We're on the cutting edge of what's happening now. Now, now. The latest on your Raiders and the NFL. Scott Goldbranson and Mo Moten. Welcome back. Silver and Black today. Odyssey original podcast covering your Las Vegas Raiders. Also heard over the air on the radio in Las Vegas. On The Bet in Las Vegas. A great Odyssey sports station. If you don't already listen to it, you can stream it on the free Odyssey app. If you want to listen to it outside of Vegas or if you're there, plug it in your car radio and have some fun there too. I like the app anyway. I almost... It's crazy. I get in my car sometimes. I have satellite radio mode, but I plug in the phone a lot of times and I'm listening to other apps that play podcasts, music, all that kind of stuff. It's weird how all of our habits have changed. Shout out to all the people that posted their most listened to podcasts. Jay puffed on on the X. Uh, I forgot who else was. Someone else posted it. My apologies that I forgot your your X name, but there were a couple of people that posted their most watched or most listened to podcasts and they had us in the top three and i thought that was pretty cool that is cool yes we're seeing that around and so thank you guys for that and that, we always say that right we always say look without the listeners we're not here so right. and it's the truth because do you think a, a company like odyssey this big massive radio company who also has a podcast network we're one of 32 podcasts covering the nfl you know and we're in the top three of all podcasts that cover the nfl for this massive network and without you guys we wouldn't be here so we appreciate that it was yeah, Jay Puff. Bill Montoya. Uh, Bill Montoya. There it is. Yes, Bill Montoya. Right Shout out to Bill Montoya. Chris Long podcast on his list. And and right next to our good friend Q's Locked On Raiders podcast. So Shout out go. to Q. Yes. We're all. Me and Q have back channel discussions now and then. We're yeah. still friends. If anyone's wondering, there's no beef between anyone here. No. Q and I are still are still tight buddies, pals, Absolutely. friends, and yeah, my former partner. He was he he preceded you as my partner here and on the mm-hmm. radio in uh, uh, in Las Vegas before he got the job there and he was still in Texas. He was my co-host on Raider Nation Radio. So I, I'm just friends. filling the spot. 
What does Q always say? I got to start using some Q phrases. Cooking with grease is one of them. Cooking with grease. <laughs> That's definitely one of them. Uh, yes. I got to think of some more Q-isms as, as we go on today, but I'll definitely toss them in there. Okay, that works for me. I like that. That's always welcome. All right, we're going to get into your messages. We have uh, a call here. Let me make sure I have the, the noises on. Um, it, I think his name is Jared. He says it really quick on the phone. So if, if your name isn't Jared, you'll know who you are, though. You're in Chicago, okay? So here's Jared's message, as long as I don't screw up my buttons here. Here we go. Here's Jared from Chicago. Hey, Scott. Hey, Mo. This is Tarek calling from Chicago. Derek, uh, Jared? emailed you guys earlier and predicted today's uh, today's game. Really, really disappointing. Uh, we should have beaten Miami, but come into this game and to have such a fast start, 14 nothing should have been 17 nothing against the defending champs. Devontae got started. Uh, really quickly, as did Jacoby, a beautiful 63-yard touchdown run by Josh Jacobs. And then, you know, the, the, the chefs did what good teams do, what great teams do, and they made adjustments. <laughs> and for some reason, we did not adjust to what they were doing offensively. It's really, really frustrating to think we would have scored three points the rest of the game after such a fast start, um, heading into our bye week at five and seven. Um, um, I'm kind of curious what what you guys think about Antonio Pierce at this point um uh, I I think honestly anytime you ch change head coaches in the middle of the year especially when you're going with a rookie quarterback who doesn't have a lot of experience um it's it's going to be difficult um I think Aiden O'Connell again he's going to continue to grow and learn but I don't think he's a long-term solution he has almost zero athleticism can't even run, get out of the pocket to, to extend plays. It, it just seems like he doesn't have the ability to do that. Um, and that's not something you learn over time. Either you got it or you don't. But again, very disappointing loss. Kansas City simply owns us five and seven into our bye week. Uh, hopefully we find a little bit of, um, a little bit of, um, rejuvenation, um, some, get some rest and then you take on the Vikings. So looking forward to your guys' show this week. Uh, have a great week. Talk to you guys later. Take care. Bye bye. There you go. It was either, I think it was Derek or Jared. I, I, is it my old ears? Could you hear him very well? I thought I heard Derek, but he's, okay. I'm sure he's going to send a note and correct us he, anyway, but yes, I could be wrong. I could, I could be wrong. So I don't, don't want to, don't quote but, me on that one. But the important thing <laughs> is it was a great call, well-structured. Mm -hmm. um, yep. I mean, obviously an intelligent dude who knows his football. Um, let's start, let's unpack what he, what he asked there. Number one is what we think of Antonio Pierce. I think we've been pretty clear on this show. Um, and I, and I've said it, I said it from the beginning, Mo, we go back to the week Josh McDaniels got fired and then they beat the giants. Okay. One and oh, people are like, man, this team looks different. It's amazing. He's done this great thing. And I, I brought up at that point that the chances of an interim coach taking over and succeeding long-term are very, very, very slim. Just going by now. There's always an outlier. There's always something that completely comes out of the blue. Okay, there's always that chance. But overall, if you look at the numbers, it's overwhelming that it just doesn't work out long term. Okay, so that's number one. But when I look at Antonio Pierce, I look at a guy who, if I'm running a business and I'm in a dire strait, look, and I want him as an employee. I want him somewhere in my organization. He's that kind of guy. He's a, he 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 came in at that time. When these guys were were working under a coach that had no ability to relate to people, he relates to people. He's real. Okay? I respect the hell out of that. I like the guy. I think he's fantastic. He's inexperienced as a head coach. So for me, 
like like we said in the first segment, if he wins out or does something amazing and this team just starts offense starts clicking, defense does well, things go well, okay, fine. Earn the job. I have no problem with that, even if it doesn't work out long term. Okay. Deserve it. But you cannot close yourself off to other options. Okay. It's a business. Plain and simple. It's not just because you like somebody. So that's where I'm at with him. I, I'm, I'm rooting in one side of me as the underdog type thing to do well so that he can get the job would be a great story. On the other side, I'm like, well, if some of the guys we talked about in the first segment or a Jim Harbaugh or somebody's interested in the job, I think you got to explore that because no offense to Antonio Pierce, but he doesn't have that experience. I'll say this for right now. I think Antonio Pierce, when it comes to the people side of the job, because as a head coach, you have to also be the CEO of a company, basically. Yep. I think he has that. He has that quality. What I'm looking for in these last five games is how are his in-game adjustments? I know he's not a play caller. I get that. But he can make some calls. He can nudge Bo Hart agree. He can talk to Patrick Graham about what he sees out there because he's out there. He's watching the game. Just like the rest of us, he's up close and personal. He's the guy to make the, the big decisions, right? The macro stuff. So I want to see how his time his timeout usage, because a lot of people criticized him for that. Shouldn't use the timeout there. Should he use the timeout there? Should have gone for it there. Shouldn't have gone for it there. Those are head coaching decisions. So let's see how he does in, in that aspect. Again, he has the people side down pack. The players buy into him. He relates to them. He's a he's not far removed from the game himself, so he can relate to players more than any any of the other older head coaches can relate to the players. But when it comes down to the X's and O's and making in-game decisions, that has to factor into his resume, his candidacy. So what, all I'm saying is it's TBD for now. There's no way you're you're settling in and saying he's the guy right now with five games left. It's just it doesn't make sense with five games left in the season. His resume is incomplete at this point. He's only halfway there. He's, he's coached four games. He has five more left, right? So I say let it play out, and we'll find out. If he's good enough, we'll you'll know. By the end of the season, you'll know. These guys have improved. They've made strides. They, uh, they, they pulled off a few upsets here and there. They almost made the playoffs. You'll know. If he's not the guy, if he's clearly not the guy, you're obviously opening it up and casting a wide net because, as you said, it's a business, and that's what you have to do. You, you're looking for the best candidate, not the most well-liked candidate. I think that should be important to note. Not the most well-liked person in the room, the best person for the job. Correct. That's what it has to be. And while it's incredibly vitally important, like like we talked, like you said at the beginning of your statement there, Mo, you have to relate to people. So the fact that the players love Antonio Pierce is awesome. You want that, right? And and they loved him before, by the way. It wasn't just after he became interim coach. That's why they loved him, because he was there, he listened to them, he talked to them, he related to them. That's only one piece of being a head coach, okay? Mm -hmm. So when I see stories about, oh, they're going to they're gonna have a mutiny, somebody said that, I don't know. Like, that's BS. doesn't matter, because you know what? There's no mutiny, because you can't, what if they like him, they hire him, and they lose the first 12 games? You think they're going to like him after that? No, because... You can't just go based on how you like someone or because they're a good person or because you want to see them succeed, which Antonio Pierce has already succeeded and he will succeed in the future no matter what. He's that kind of guy. But you can't sit there and, and make your only criteria, the players love him. It's important. You want, you want that, right? They, but he also rescued them from a tyrant. 
So of course they love them. I mean, look, I raise kids. You know, we play good cop, bad cop, my wife and I with the kids sometimes. I get it. It's how it goes. So, so I get that piece of it that they love them and all that stuff. And that's awesome. Just like they did Rich Passaccia, but it's not the only reason, nor should it be the only, the most important reason why they hire you should, it should be a mix of those things. Here's one note I want to make about Antonio Pierce. One thing that I really like about him. And I think he gets the label as a player's coach, right? So when you think player's coach, you think, oh, he's not a disciplinarian. He lets the players run all over him. Guess what? He released Roger Teamer after his run-in with the law this past week. He bounced Marcus Peters out of here because his effort was in question. Nesta J. Severa hasn't seen the field since his – he had an IG an Instagram post about being on the bench, and we haven't seen Nesta J. Severa on the field since that criticism of the coaching staff. Right. So this is not a pushover type of player's coach, and I think that's important to note because usually when you hear player's coach, you're thinking soft, lenient. Let's the players get away with everything. That's not it. I think he demand he commands respect in the locker room, which is a thing that you need as a leader. Now he needs the results on the field. That's the other. That's the other part of this that you were alluding to just a minute ago. It's fine to have the respect in the locker room. It's fine that players respect you. It's fine that you relate to them. But it's still a results based business. So if you win in six or seven games for the season, guess what? Whether you have the right quarterback or not, they're going to interview other people. And they're going to find out who the best candidate is. So with Antonio Pierce right now, he made some changes. He will make some more changes to the secondary following Peter's release. And we'll see how it plays out on the field. Because we all agree that Aiden O'Connell has shown improvements, right? So we can't say, oh, you can't judge Antonio Pierce because he doesn't have his quarterback. You can't judge Antonio Pierce because he doesn't have a good coordinator. You can still make an assessment on a head coach regardless of what's around him. Correct. What does he do with the pieces that are around him? And I think that's what the Raiders, that's what Mark Davis is going to be looking at in these last five games. Absolutely. And you can't, you can't also excuse him for, for bad performance or not, I shouldn't say bad for, for not performing well because he doesn't have an offensive coordinator, which is true. Okay. Uh, or he doesn't have this. He doesn't have that. No, no, you, you do, you do it. You have an audition with what's there. So you have to make it work. And he, he's admitted that. He just said it in the press conference this week. And I, that's what I love about him. He gets it. He understands. He understands. He's no, yeah, he does. He's got no illusions that if he doesn't perform, he's not going to get the job. Scott, when you anyone listening to this show, when you go for an interview, is it are you expected to have everything perfect and set up so that this interview could be perfect and your audition could be perfect and you could get the job? No, you have to deal with the cards you're dealt. You have to work with the cards that you're dealt with. Whether they're, they're, they're advantageous or not, life isn't fair. That's just the way it is. I know. You're judged on your performance. You're judged on the bottom line in a lot of these businesses. So it, whether it's set up perfectly for Antonio Pierce to be the head coach or not, the guys on the field that he has right now have to show some improvement. The Raiders have to show some type of overall improvement for him to get that job. And the record has to be decent on his watch. As I said, a winning record as an interim head coach would definitely help him along with the buy-in from the locker room. But he's not going to get the job. I had someone I went back and forth with on the X say, even if the Raiders finish 7-10, and 10, he's going to get the job. And I'm like, absolutely not. You go 7-10, and 10, they're definitely going to open up the head coaching net to see what's out there because 7-10 and 10 isn't going to cut it. Especially in the division where you got Sean Payton turning around the Denver Broncos. You got Andy Reid playing chess while everyone else is playing checkers. 
And at our Bleacher Report insider, Jordan Schultz, said the Chargers are basically going to fire Brandon Staley, barring a miracle. So they're going to be probably looking for another head coach. And what if they go get Jim Harbaugh? Then what? You're going to roll with an inexperienced head coach to go against Jim Harbaugh, Sean Payton, and Andy Reid twice a year? Oh, Excuse and by me, the way, that, that guy has to show something. And, and by the way, Mo, all of those coaches, including the two that are already there and then whoever fills in at the spot in L.A. when Brandon Staley gets fired, all have quarterbacks. Right? And so, so you, that's a big deal. You know, I talked about it today with a colleague and they're like, well, if you're Harbaugh, would you rather go? Because Harbaugh's name's coming up with the Chargers now. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, would you rather have, if you're Harbaugh, would you rather go to the Chargers and have a crappy owner? Because the Spanos family is terrible. Would you have rather go there or would you rather go to Chicago where your team is not as good? And I said, you know what? Both of them are appealing and you know why? One place has the franchise quarterback. I know Raider fans don't like Justin Herbert, but sorry, he's good. And in Chicago, they have Justin Fields who could be good. And we have a question, mailbag question coming up on Justin Fields in a minute. Uh, but if they don't go to Justin Fields, they will be in position. So if Harbaugh goes to Chicago, he says, I get to take my quarterback who I want, or I go to LA and I got a quarterback already there. I just need to help him get better and give him a defense for once. Right? So remember that too, that even the Raiders, if they go for a veteran coach, it's a great job. It's one of 32. Of course, it's a great job with the Raiders, but other jobs have other pieces that are more appealing. Right. So you have to consider that as well, uh, or unless the Raiders are able to move up into the draft and, and get a quarterback. So so there's a lot of dynamics. And I think people and, and I get it. You simplify it if you're not like us, where you're thinking about it all day and working in it. But there, there's all those factors. And you're right. I think you go seven and ten. There's just no chance. Now, all I'm saying is if you're going sorry, if you're going yeah. with an inexperienced head coach, he better show something special because he Correct. could be going up against three experienced head coaches in 2024 and for the long term. So the Raiders have to be very careful about the decision they make because that co- head coach is going to be playing chess with Andy Reid, Sean Payton, and whoever the Chargers hire next year. Yes. And, and again, I go back to the data. 23 years since the year 2000, the only, the only interim coach who went to the playoffs in his first year as an interim and then became a permanent head coach and succeeded and went to the playoffs again was Jason Garrett in Dallas. That's it. Nobody else, including some Raiders coaches, by the way. <laughs> now, Rich Bisaccia went once, but that was it. So he didn't get the job full time. So there you go. All right. Well, thank you, Derek, for your, your call in from Chicago. We appreciate it. Okay, next email uh, is from Ryan, Ryan Roebuck. Ryan says, hey, what up, guys? I'm on board with the Fields idea, but here's a scenario and a question. Mo, on our last show, by the way, for those of you who didn't hear it, mentioned that if, if Justin Fields is available, it could be an option for the Raiders. Okay? I summed that up right, Mo? I think I did. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, it says, I don't want to talk over you, I was just saying. Oh, yeah, no, no, you can talk over me anytime you want. People love hearing two voices at the same time. Um, it's, and then he, say, he goes on to say, what if the Cardinals are also picking in the top three and decided to go to the quarterback route? Would you prefer Kyler Murray or Justin Fields? What would, give you, what would you give up for each? Got to assume either one would be cheaper than all draft capital necessary to move up. That's Ryan from New Jersey who says, by the way, I asked my wife for a Midtown Mo shirt for Christmas so I can walk around Times Square until Mo sees me. <laughs> that, that's a way to end an email. 
That's awesome. That, that's okay. the, that, that, that's freaking awesome. All if right, I think so, that I, I might just really quick, I might just stroll around Times Square. But if anyone notices you, I'll let the people know because he's in a limo, Ryan. He doesn't, he doesn't, he doesn't mix in with the commoners. Stop it. More like Come a moped. On. He's got a blonde on one side. He's got another girl on the other side. And they're in a limo and they're going to Bleacher Report in Midtown. What are you going to do? Ah, oh, the charm. Okay, Kyler Murray or Justin Fields? This is an easy one for me, but I'm going to let you go first. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. I would definitely take Kyler Murray, and I think it would probably cost, because of his, he has a massive contract. Yeah. I would, I would try to trade the Carlos a player that's not Max Crosby, Devontae Adams. And I, it's there. They're going to ask for a first round pick, but you know how negotiations work. You start low. I say, I'll give you a player and a second round pick. And they, they hang up on me. And then I call back and I say, okay, how about a first rounder? And, you know, but I'm not giving you a player. I'll give you a first rounder and like a fifth rounder. You know, if, if I'm going to trade for Kyler Murray, I don't love Kyler Murray. I'll say that. I'm not saying that that's the move I would make. I would just, prefer to draft the quarterback because again Kyler Murray has a massive contract and on top of that I watched him in the playoffs he melted down when he got to the playoffs even when the Carlos were competitive he did not fare well in the playoffs and I'm just I'm not against height but for a small quarterback coming off of a knee injury hasn't played well in the playoffs gets banged up I would get super nervous about having Kyler Murray as my franchise guy because remember if you're acquiring Kyler Murray with that contract you're basically saying he's our guy Justin Fields financially would be more appealing for me because he's still on a rookie deal for now. And he's going to cost you a lot less draft capital. So you could probably offer the way the bears, the way he's playing, they did. The bears didn't let Justin Fields throw down the field very much. Now he completed a lot of the short stuff. Yeah. And maybe that was the game plan against the, against the Vikings defense. But Justin Fields has been hurt. And I said it on the X. He has 35 fumbles in 35 games. He shouldn't cost you more than a third-round pick. And I'm not saying if I acquired Justin Fields, I would make him my starting quarterback. I would acquire Justin Fields so that he can compete with whoever we draft and Aiden O'Connell. Because remember, he's still on the rookie deal, so he's still not costing you a fortune yet. Yeah. Now, that absolutely. decision on his fifth-year option is coming up, but I would, I, would probably, I would probably go with Justin Fields just simply because he's cheaper and you don't have to turn the offense over to him immediately as you would with Kyler Murray. Absolutely. And obviously, Murray's been more successful overall in the NFL Absolutely. and proved that he can be a starter. But to your point, all the negatives, especially that massive contract, Justin Fields, you could bring in if he's available. If Justin Fields is available and you can get him at the right price. He will be. Yeah, even if you give him, even if uh, even if you take the option fifth year, it's not going to cost you that much. Again, it's the end of his rookie deal. And if he works out, great. You give him a nice big new deal because he, he went nuts. If he doesn't, you let him walk, right? And hopefully okay. if you get him and it doesn't cost you too much draft capital, what do you lose? You might get two quarterbacks in the same year. You might have three in camp. We talked about this, right? You might go get a, a rookie in the top of the draft, have Justin Fields, and have Aiden O'Connell. Like, wow, I'll take that any day of the week, right? It's a good situation to be in. 
So, so I agree with you on that, Mo. And uh, thank you again, and Ryan. For, I want, for, and I want to make it clear to people mm -hmm. listening to this because I know people are gonna, some people are gonna go to X and twist my words around. Kyler Murray is the better quarterback easily right now. I absolutely. would prefer Kyler Murray if if I believe Kyler Murray is a franchise quarterback. I'm taking Kyler Murray, but if you have doubt, Murray, you go with Justin Fields and let him battle for the quarterback job because. The jury's still out on him. We don't know if he can be a starter in this league or not. Right. But you still have one more year after 2023 with him on his rookie deal. You don't have to exercise his fifth-year option. You could decline it. And then if he plays well, you give him a short extension like the Packers did with Jordan Love this past offseason. As right. you said, if he bombs out, if he wins the job and bombs out, you let him walk, you let him go, and you roll with the rookie quarterback that you drafted in the first round in the, of the 2024 draft. Yes. They should hire us, Mo. Plain and simple. Absolutely. Champ Kelly, I, I'm, I'm out here in Brooklyn, New York. I'm available. <laughs> I can I can work it around my Bleacher Report live schedule and we can yes. make it happen, Champ Kelly. I'll yes. be an assistant and, to the assistant. And and again, I, I think I think that you look at that situation and you like I, I was on X during that terrible Bears Vikings game. <laughs> and beginning of the game, I, I texted you. I said, Mo, yes. look at Fields. He looks awesome because he did for the first half of that quarter. And then things kind of fell apart. Yeah. Not not so much for him. I mean, he had some 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 bad plays, but the offense just again disjointed. And people, Here my, people and were I, criticizing me for saying he was doing well. I'm like, no. What are you watching? You're just listening to the narrative. You're not watching the game. He he was doing well for what the game plan expected of him. Yes. He wasn't expected to stretch the field, but Justin Fields can. I've seen Justin Fields throw forty-yard passes downfield accurately. A lot of people mm -hmm. are going to criticize his accuracy. I get his accuracy isn't the greatest, isn't what you want to see from a franchise guy. But in order to for him to improve or show something, you got to let him throw down the field. And I think it's clear to me that the Bears don't trust Justin Fields. And I brought up the thirty-five fumbles, thirty-five games. I also on X brought up the fact that he's been hurt now. Because of his style of play, he takes a lot of bumps and bruises. So that's another thing you have to factor into it. And I say this all the time. Part of being a franchise quarterback is being available. I think people forget about that. You can't be a franchise quarterback if you're missing six to eight games every season. And that's the other that's the other concern I have with Justin Fields because he runs he takes off and runs a lot. I want a mobile quarterback, but I want that mobile quarterback to be able to protect the football and protect himself and be healthy and available on Sundays, Mondays, and Thursdays. Right. You have to be able to move enough, but not be a running quarterback, right? I mean, good example. I know very different players, but Joe Burrow, his first year in Cincinnati, one of the reasons he blew out his knee was because he was running too much. Then he hurt his knee and now he's a different quarterback. He still moves around the pocket and makes things happen, but you don't have to be the running, but you don't have to be Lamar Jackson, right? You don't have to be that guy. You don't have to be Heck, you don't have to be uh, Josh Allen. Josh Allen's the leading running back on the freaking Bills. It's stupid. It's terrible. It's going to hurt him. So you don't want to have that with your quarterback. So, all right, good. Well, we have time for one more question. Yes, it's gone that fast. I know some people, we do these and they're like, you only got to four questions. It's like, well, dude, we don't have five <laughs> hours. We do a lot of discussion in between. And our readers are really smart. So we don't get like a one-line deal. I get There's some that I want to do tonight. We're going to have to hold the next week. Because they're like seven paragraphs. And it's awesome that you guys send them in, by the way. It's just hard to read that much on the air. So we're going to get to uh, Gary Harkin Reader, of course, who writes in every time. This is a funny one. Not a funny one, but I think you'll get the point. He says, hey, random thought there. Have you ever worked for someone that tells you that they want a project done? 
You do it and they say, oh, I thought you'd do it differently. I feel Mark Davis is doing that with Antonio Pierce. If I could send a message to Mark Davis, I'd suggest that he gather all the coaches under the, under the Al Davis torch. There he would tell the coaches that the fire is the soul of his father and the Raiders, that the coaches are playing not to lose as opposed to playing to win. Then thank them for their time and excuse them. Just me being me. Thanks for your time, Gary. So I think Gary's frustrated by uh, what he's seen, and, and he sent me some other messages uh, back and forth. I think what he's what he's seeing, and this is what we talked about when we say being aggressive, right? So you only have this little window where you get to convince somebody, the owner of the team, that you're going to be coach. And you're playing it safe a lot. And so at least that's his assessment of it. What do you think of that, Mo? And, and, and he's got a point there, doesn't he? There was there. Look, I'll say this: there are a lot of criticisms about the Raiders being conservative, and they're too conservative in their losses. I think part of that, and I'm not giving excuses here, but I think part of that has to do with the personnel. Let's remember, Colton Miller, I believe, didn't play against the Miami Dolphins. You know, there were some offensive line issues at times where you can't let the big play develop downfield because you just don't have the time, right? So, again, I'm not giving excuses. But people are criticizing now Antonio Pierce for some of his decisions that he's made. People are criticizing the fourth down play call that he had, the, the run up the middle with Josh Jacobs that everyone and their mother and sister and grandmother saw coming, right? And people say, well, why, you know, why don't you go with a different type of play? Why don't you go with, a, not a trick play, but something that the Chiefs aren't expecting? Right. You know, be more aggressive. Be more innovative. And I, and I saw a lot of that during the Chiefs game when, as the Razor lost their 14-point lead, evaporated within a quick second. But I'll, I'll say this, that I like the premise that it's take – not take what the other team's giving you. Take what you want. And I think that's the spirit of Al Davis and what he stood for when he was running the Raiders, that you don't want to be passive in an aggressive game. You want to be the aggressor. You want to take it. You want to take the fight to the other team. You don't. You're not stuck in reactionary mode. You want to be proactive, and I think that's the that's Gary can correct me if I'm wrong on that, but I think that's the premise of it, and I think that's the message that Antonio Pierce is going to have to run with in these last five games. Are the Raiders going to be passive? And I think Deshaun Reed wrote a great piece on the Athletic, and he said, "Yes, he did." The Raiders have nothing to lose. And they have to start acting like it. And I think that connects to what Gary Harker Reader is saying. Yes. You have to be aggressive. What do you have to lose? You're five and seven. You have a rookie quarterback. You have a first-time offensive coordinator. Let it all hang out. Leave it all out there. Because guess what, Antonio Pierce? If your team goes six and 11, seven and 10, you ain't getting another shot at this. No. You know, so tell your send that message to your guys and your coaches that we we got to let it all go because we may not get another shot. Well, and that, and, and I think that's exactly what Gary's getting at, because to me, that is the, the big deal there, because look, you, the, the odds were already against you as, as an interim staff, as I laid out the numbers weeks ago, it's just, it's just almost impossible to do it. Okay. So if that's the case, do you think it, your chances will improve if you play it safe or if you don't attack and be the aggressor? And the answer is no, because Everyone else is going to believe that you can't do it. Everyone else is going to uh, know that you're oh, you're the temporary guy. So we're going to come in there. We're going to roll you over. So you got to hit back twice as hard, right? So I, I think you laid that out really nicely, Mo. Uh, well done on that one. 
So, so uh, Gary, yeah, we agree with you there, and and I, I like the way the narrative you set out there with Al Davis and <laughs> Mark Davis with the coaches. Um, but you shouldn't have to tell them that though. They should feel like, oh crap, maybe they like living in Las Vegas, and now they got to leave if they don't win, if they don't get things going. So, so it's all good. But I think a lot of fans agree. It's interesting to see a lot of fans though who've backed off. Well, I don't expect much this year. Oh, if they win a couple more games, that's great. And I'm like, really? You usually don't hear that from Raider Nation. So it's really interesting. Uh, I think they've been lulled into some passive nature uh, because of what's happened over the last couple of years with just all the drama and all that stuff. But we'll see over the next five games. That's the beauty of the game is you got to go play it. You got to strap strap it up, strap that helmet up and get out there and play the game. One thing I want to make clear too, because I think people hear one side of the argument, not on this, not just on this show, but on X, a lot of people will take half of what you said and react off of that. The general feeling I have about Antonio Pierce right now is it could go either way. He has it in front of him. Five games left in the season. It's too early to dismiss Antonio Pierce. It's too early to crown him the new head coach of the Las Vegas Raiders right now simply because there's still two months of football left to play. And we don't know how that's going to turn out. We, we, we can guess. We can guess the Raiders are going to finish with seven, eight, nine wins. But what if they don't? What if they finish with nine to ten wins? We don't know. So we're, we're going to sit tight. We're going to ride it out with Raider Nation and everyone else watching these games. And we'll form our opinion as the games go on. Minnesota, Los Angeles Chargers, the Chiefs on Christmas, the Colts, ending the season with Denver. Based on what happens there, we'll have a decision. We'll have, it'll, be, it'll be clear. What the yeah, I, that's need that's to do. what I think. I think it'll be pretty clear either way. And you're right. I, I'm with you 100%. Right down the middle of the road could go either way. So we'll see. That's why you, that's why you play the game. Uh, but uh, we have no game this weekend. So we're going to check out of here. We're going to have a little bit of a longer weekend. So we will be back with you next Tuesday, by the way. And also, Mo, by the way, the 20th of December, right, right before Christmas, uh, yours truly will be in the fan cave in Nashville with Mr. Murph. Yes. So we're going down there. We finalized it. So we might do a crossover show because Mo and I usually record Thursday's show on Wednesday evening. They do their show as well on Wednesday evening. So it might be a long night in the fan cave. <laughs> I'll <might laughs> be doing be two shows. You, you'll, be, you'll hop on and... I think we'll probably have already had a, a few drinks by then. Um, so it's going to be fun. We're, we're looking forward to that and, and, and combining the shows. And um, it's funny. They, they sent me a message today because they're like, hey, what size shirt do you wear? Because you're coming down. We're going to get you some swag. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, you guys are way too nice, first of all. And then they're like, like we're, we're having an argument on what, shirt, what size shirt we think you wear. <laughs> and Murph's like, I think it's – and this is all on video, by the way. They're sending me this video on my phone. Uh, Murph says, I think it's a large. Michelle says, I think it's an extra large. And I'm like, yeah, I, okay. I got to lose a few pounds. And but then she says, I think it's, I think extra large. Cause I think he's tall. And I'm like, tall. I'm like, thank you, Michelle. I'm not that tall, but you know, I appreciate it. And then Jeff says, no, I think he's like me. Cause Jeff is like five, six. He's, he's a little about, about your height, right? You're five, six. I'm a little tall. I'm a little taller than Jeff. Okay, so you're Which five, is a good seven, thing. Five eight. Five eight? With Tim's on with Tim's on on five nine and a half. Okay. So then you're almost exactly my height. Yeah. So so Tim's anyway. On. But it was funny to get because the, they were getting geared up for their show tonight and they sent me this video. 
like, this is awesome. So we're going to have fun down there. Uh, and and uh, we'll do some kind of crossover show uh, right before the holidays. But we'll be back with you on Tuesday. Mo, what do you got coming up the rest of this week before you get some uh, uh, rest and relaxation with no Raider game this week? First of all, shout out to Murph, Swag Jeff, and Michelle. Uh, I, you know what? It's it's going to be an interesting week this week because, as I said, no Bleach Report lies until Wednesday. My Sports Not article, for those who didn't read it, is already up. I had five permutations of what the Raiders could roll out in their secondary and nickel package. That's three cornerbacks. Yep. I think they're going to actually roll with Jack Jones on one end. Amit Robertson on the other end, and Nate Roberts, Nate Roberts, <laughs> Nate Hobbs in the slot. So because Jack Jones took on most of the snaps after the Raiders benched Marcus Peters in that Chiefs game. So to me, they kind of tipped their hand a bit that Jack, it's going to be Jack Jones first in line. I would be surprised if they move Nate Hobbs outside and then insert Tyler Hall. Though I do like Tyler Hall, they've limited his snap count. So that piece is up on Sports Not. And since the Raiders aren't playing, I'm just going to relax and survey the NFL landscape and see what's going on do a deep dive on some other teams have some sunday takeaways yep. and of course for the betters out there the betting article is up on bleach report if you want to make some money before the holiday season my picks are hitting our picks are hitting at bleach report we're doing very well we're above 55 percent hit rate as you know professionals need about 54 55 we're at that rate check it out on the bleach report our nfl picks every week drops thursday morning Yes, and as a matter of fact, I was looking because I had I had just a brutal start because we were doing them up on Sports Not right. I was terrible. I'm now at 104 and 76. That's good. Uh, the leader is Jason Burgos. Uh, he's he's an editor writer at uh, at uh, Sports Not. He's at 113 and 67. So I that's, think it's because we all miss some weeks here and there. We just forget picks or whatever. But I was, dude, I was way under 500. In the last four weeks, I've really done well because I've not listened to Mo. No, I'm just kidding. That's not why. I just actually put the time in. So, um, oh, sorry. Getting a message there. Okay. Anyway, we're going to wrap up the show. We appreciate you guys being with us and my short attention span tonight. Uh, but we will be back next Tuesday. And uh, do us a favor, make sure you subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your audio. We would certainly appreciate that. And Mo and I always appreciate your support and for turning on that auto download. And also to our viewers on YouTube, thanks for being there and hit the subscribe button. Also, uh, a shout out to the folks in Las Vegas listening to us on the radio. Mo, enjoy your longer and more restful weekend. And we'll talk to you next week. See you next week. All right. For our producer, Mike Robbie, a former Mo and I am Scott Branson. This has been Silver and Black today. Take care, everyone.